We are here because we know the outcomes in our lives are within our control. That taking absolute ownership of how we eat, sleep, train, think, and connect with each other is how we'll optimize our health and happiness. That chasing excellence is how we grab hold of what is possible. Our mission is to live on the run, always chasing, never stopping. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Chasing Excellence. We are joined again by Heather Bergeron. How are you, Heather? I'm good. Thank you. Very good. I'm, that was, I'm good. Thank you. You're welcome. That was very buttoned up. I didn't expect yeah. you to talk to me. Like okay, so uh, I'm excited uh, to have you here. Uh, at a recent recording, Ben and I, in a two-minute drill, we had a question uh, that was uh, effectively, what does chasing excellence look like in a marriage? And it was the first question of our recording session that day. And Ben gave a really great answer. And then I said, I don't think we're recording that. Let me stop. And then I said, well, let's actually have this conversation with Heather because I'd be really interested. So we didn't re-record that little bit. So it didn't show up in the in that particular episode because I wanted to put it on the table here for us to have as a discussion. So uh, Ben, I'm going to throw it out to you first. Pretend that this is a two-minute drill. What would you, what was what was or what would be your answer to that question? What What does chasing excellence look like when looked at through the the perspective or the prism of marriage. So I think the short answer to that, because obviously it's a, it's a can of worms we get to play around with for a while. The short answer would be you are your spouse's biggest fan Mm. where you want nothing more than for them to succeed. And if that takes place, I think everything else falls into place because it's not what I think what happens in a lot of marriages is people fall into people listen to this will they, they fall into the victim mindset mm-hmm. of look at all the things that he or she is doing that I wish they'd be doing this other way. Fans don't do that. Fans are incredibly supportive. They want the other person to win and they celebrate the wins along the way. Other thing that we've talked about before is I think that it requires putting the marriage first Mm. the marriage ahead of the children which i think again is a paradigm shift for most and it was for me before i was married i always thought it was kids 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 Mm -hmm. but if the marriage is it's kind of leadership in general right is if you take care uh, if you don't take care of yourself you cannot lead to your fullest if you do take care of yourself chances are that just by you doing you people are going to be under in your in your follow are going to be farther along than they would be otherwise. So that would be my short answer is incredible support, incredible desire to want them to win and succeed and um, be fulfilled. And maybe just another one to, cause I'm thinking about this in real time. Another one just to like caveat this that we could talk about is what made the opposite of that is, yeah. which I've seen a lot is scoreboard watching mm, yep. and timekeeping and who's doing what because that is not wanting the other person to see if heather is um um off like trying to do something great with the crossfit kids program it should not be here i go again picking up the kids from school for the third day in a row now i hope that she knows that this weekend that means that i get to play a round of golf, definitely abstract. Thoughts, right? I would never want to play golf anyway. <laughs> but that idea of trying to like weigh, measure, balance, seesaw, and thinking that it's about the balance of 
roles and responsibilities across both. It should be, and not artificially supporting, because mm-hmm. I think that happens a lot too, because people do it, it's kind of like artificially being nice or artificially giving with the hopes of then later accepting. And people do, they're like, nice people don't win in business. Mm-hmm. Because they think that if they give, 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 that they'll get something in return. Mm -hmm. That's not being nice. Mm -hmm. That's being selfish. You're looking for something in return. So it is this true um, support, this true um, raving fan, this true desire for the other to become their best version. Mm -hmm. So when... Heather wants to um, start a sauna practice in the morning. It's not, whoa, we used to do yoga together. Mm -hmm. It's, yeah, that's awesome. Like, it's phenomenal. Go explore that. Go do that. And not trying to figure out how this affects me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've got some questions, but Heather, you first. Either the the original question, just what you think conceptually, like what does chasing excellence look like in marriage? Or if you want to just respond to what Ben said, I'm obviously interested in that. I mean, I I agree with everything he said. It's... I feel like what I'm going to say is just saying what he said another way, but I, the way I think of it, um, on a day-to-day basis is, uh, is I want him to feel loved. I want him to know that his family loves him and that I love him and that, um, and, and that doesn't, that's not like, I love you. It's not like me leaving him like love notes every day. And like, it's, it's also doing the hard stuff, like calling him out on things that, um, that he could be doing better or that like questioning him on things that decisions he's making or so it's not, it, it it's not just like hugs and kisses all the time, it, but it, it is, it, it's an, it's a demonstration that I, I care about you. Like you are cared and loved for. Um, and that is, it's not more than any, like anyone else in the family. It's a, it's just a very different way of, um, of feeling that towards someone, I guess. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So my first question yeah, is... I, I, which, I, yeah, Because yeah. I really do appreciate that in terms of like, it's a really good follow-up to what I was saying as well, because I think what maybe mine came across as, which um, is we're just like constant, like you're doing great, you're doing amazing, I totally support you, I'm a fan. Yep. And I love how Heather essentially kind of called me out on that, is that's not what like wanting the other person to exceed is always the the best thing to do there. Mm-hmm. It could be questioning decisions, questioning motives, questioning, but it's done with the right intent. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole thing is we talk about awareness, intention, action is what is the intent behind the conversation? Is it coming from a place of self-serving? Whereas, well, I don't feel like I'm going to have my free time. Well, I don't feel like you're pulling your weight. Or is it truly, is this the thing that's going to move you and our family forward the way we want it to move forward. Mm-hmm. The idea of uh, putting the other person first, if, I don't know if that's exactly how you put it, but where do you see, like we've talked a lot about, um, you know, putting your own oxygen mask on before, et cetera. Where, how do you balance that? How do you balance the need to take care of yourself and take care of, in this case, Heather, and then obviously the kids as well. Like, how do you think about the balance of all of those things. Yeah, it doesn't stray from what we've talked about consistently on this podcast, which it has to start with you. Mm-hmm. You you can't fill from an empty cup. So even a half full cup, you can only pour half out of. So I do believe that it's not necessarily putting Heather 
first. It's putting Heather first of all the people mm-hmm. outside of myself. And that's not a selfish thing at all. In order to, for me to be as big of a contributor to the family as I want to be, I need my health. I need my joy and passion and I need my space and time and I need to follow what sets my heart on fire and I need um, to be able to take care of all the five factors that lead to a fulfilled life that Mm -hmm. we're all looking for. And when that happens, then together I can give her my best version of myself. Mm -hmm. Because if I don't do that, then there's going to be... um, I, it wouldn't allow for the freedom to to have that relationship that I would want to otherwise. Now, that can't be done in a in a self-serving, selfish way. I'm not going to go in. It's one of the reasons I don't play golf. It's like I would never want to go and leave the family for six hours every Saturday. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with people that want to do that. Just not for me. It's um, And it's not... Um, I'm going to go to the gym for four hours today. It's not, um, I realize that Bodie has a soccer game. I'm not going to go to the soccer game because I want to go for a run. Mm-hmm. It's not those things. It's make sure that I'm making the time that doesn't interfere with the family and Heather time and using my time as productively as possible to move mm-hmm. myself forward so I can be an asset to Heather and the family. Mm-hmm. Has I'm curious, and you know, I know you guys well enough to to know that you guys talk about this stuff a lot, but I'm curious the trajectory or the evolution of the, this kind of thinking inside of the relationship, was this something that, I mean, imagine to some degree it, it was, but was this something that we kind of stumbled in fits and starts towards an understanding of, did you guys just kind of like, were you guys in sync relatively early that this is kind of what, how this is going to work or how it should work? Or I'm, I'm just curious where and how you guys have gotten to this place where you have this kind of understanding. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, I mean, I guess I got to start, I mean, where, what Ben was just saying, I think in my head, the way I rephrase that all the time is I'm always thinking what is best for the family. Mm -hmm. It's just a very simple question. What's best for the family. And is that in the morning, is that getting, cause sometimes it's him getting to the gym at six 30 and taking his class and getting his workout in. Cause that is the best thing for the family. And then other times it's like, I have a dentist appointment that I can't be home to get the kids up and out to school. So the best thing for the family then is for him not to go to the gym, you know? So it just, in that way, I, I think of it that way. Now, if I go back in my head though, 10 years ago or 15 years ago when I was competing Mm. and the kids were, you know, like very young and we got a nanny for them so that I could train and you know, they're walking around in like a stroller at the gym. And then, you know, I'm going home and sitting in Norma text for an hour and they're running around. Like, I don't know if that, I mean, I, at the time it felt like it was the right thing to do. And even before that, when Maya and Jonah were really young, like they were, um, you know, it was just a different life. It was like, they were missing some of their sports stuff to go to my sports stuff. And, I, I don't, I, I, part of me is like, that was so wrong. I can't believe I did that. And then the other part of me is like, Maya's an animal, mm-hmm. you know, like she is so focused and so driven and motivated. And, and I wonder if some of the way that we raised her back then 
contributed to that and if how she would be different if if the world did revolve around her when she was younger mm-hmm. um so i don't know i like i wasn't we weren't bad parents but we it was not a conventional upbringing for her or, mm-hmm. or jonah um and in a milder sense for our little kids now but i don't know i mean i i i, I still think that back then we were still making decisions i don't think we were as as mindful as as we are now about it but i still do think that we were making decisions that we believed at the time were best for our family. Mm-hmm. I think. I think we had just different values then than we do now. I, I think what you, I love what you said about in terms of, um, you know, Maya's an animal and Maya and Joan are both amazing, amazing kids. And they were raised very differently than we're raising the littles right now. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really easy to, for us to try to label things as the good parenting and bad or, optimal parenting and suboptimal parenting and the right way and a suboptimal way. And there's more than one way to skin a cat, if that's the right saying, which is a really morbid, terrible saying. Um, But it's, I I just don't think we know enough Mm -hmm. um, in the, the idea is again, are you, are you entering this with, the awareness of what it is that you're chasing. And then we really knew what we were chasing. We were trying to chase athletic performance Mm -hmm. and the kids went along for that ride. They were, they were witnesses to what that looked like to be the fittest gym in the world. And Heather as a top 10 podium chaser on the individual side. And that's what we were pouring our hearts into. And it's probably much the same way that anybody that's growing up in the professional athlete's household. Mm -hmm. And I think that that just brings different levels of opportunity, different levels of conversation, different levels of um, exposure to experiences that most people, like Maya was working the CrossFit games as Dave, one of Dave's Castro's three assistants at age eight. Mm -hmm. There's a lot to be said for that. Now, if we had done this thing of like, it's about balance and it's about their sports, she never would have had that opportunity. And is that better or worse? I don't know. But we did operate with a lot of intention back then. And we were operating with a lot of intention now. Difference is that our values have shifted. Mm-hmm. And values are supposed to change throughout your lifetime. That's the process of having experiences and learning from them. If you have the same value set at 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 48 as you did at 8, things are wrong. Because when you're 8, it's about... Nintendo and Pokemon and um, Big League Chew. And if you're, those are some pretty damn good references. <laughs> if you're still fo- focused on those things at age 48, like yeah. the, the value systems, are, we, haven't, we haven't grown. So um, I am, I am um, excited that that's been a constant, that we are navigating parenthood and marriage together. And the thing that's made it work, definitely made it work, is the shared value system. Mm-hmm. And we've evolved and grown and transitioned to that together, like in harmony. Mm-hmm. Heather was trying to be the fittest female on the planet, and I was trying to create the fittest gym in the world. And those two things ran in excellent parallel together. If she had been pursuing that, and I was trying to... Um, find your create Saturday mornings with the kids Mm -hmm. picnicking in the park 
that would have been at massive odds. Well, even if you were trying to wake up every morning and do your sauna and your journaling and and I was trying to like, you know, train for seven hours a day, like that would have been that would there would have been a lot of friction. So I think that one of the things that's paramount in chasing excellence in marriage is the the shared value system and then the continually growing in the same direction because every this happens a lot to I mean Heather experienced it you marry you get people that get married really young before they find out even who they truly are let alone who they are as a married couple and they grow a lot over the next decade but they grow in divergent directions yeah. and i think it's paramount that the growth happens it doesn't have to be towards the same direction, but the North Star should be the same. Mm-hmm. Like if you guys end up in slightly different, um, you know, hemispheres or something, that's totally cool. But one person can't be driving the bus west and the other person driving the bus east. Mm-hmm. If we take different roads to get there, that's <clears throat> cool. But the compass is both pointing at the same North Star. What happened, I guess... You know, the, the the idea of like, okay, our, our values were always, or at least we, we moved our values all in in parallel to each other. Is that is that just because you guys are well fitted for each other? In other words, was that was that a struggle to make sure that values were pointing in the same direction, driving in the same direction? Like, okay, we got like we got that thing right and everything out, like we got the right person. <laughs> so that seems like a strange question, but like, okay, we picked the right person and that's going to lead us to having similar values. And now we can navigate the slight differences of where those values might be versus what I think happens a lot, which is you wake up one day and you realize this person and we have different values now and I'm over here and they're over there and I don't know how to square these things. And so is it just that you guys, again, strange question, you guys just picked right and okay, good. Or is it that something happens to ensure that your values were in line at the same time, moving in the same direction? Or maybe the answer is both. So I'll take a stab at that. And I, you can only work with what you have right there at that moment. So I can't go, um, you know, the, the months and weeks and years before Heather and I get married going, okay, we're going to grow in our values right. in this direction together. Right. That doesn't happen. Yeah. But my belief is if you have the same shared values in the beginning... And you have the same passion, so meaning you sh- you enjoy the same experiences together. The chances of you growing together and those values shifting is very likely. That's different than only having one of those two pieces in place. We might have the same shared values, like we. This isn't us, but we're both on this side of the political spectrum. We both believe in this in terms of what our belief systems, right? But I enjoy um, hunting and camping and Heather enjoys fitness. Mm-hmm. We're going to grow because the experiences and the passions are different. Even if we start with the same value sets, what we think is important in our belief system, we're not going to have the same experiences. So because we're having different experiences, we're going to grow very differently. Yep. It's kind of two divergent lines. If we have the same value system, meaning that today... We both think that these things are important in our lives, and this is what I want to attach meaning to our lives. And we have to share the same passions. Well, then when she goes to the CrossFit Games, I go to the CrossFit Games. Mm-hmm. And when she's training, I like to train. And when she's 
Um, we used to party then. When she's partying, I party. And when we spend time on a boat, I spend time on a boat. If we have shared passions and call it purpose, call it whatever, I think that we can, the likelihood of us growing and evolving into new values in the future is a lot more likely than one of those things, you know, those concurrent circles, one, there's no overlap. That to me would be um, cause for concern for somebody that is interested in getting into a long-term relationship. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying everything that they do has to be the same because Heather likes a lot of creative stuff like sewing and painting and stuff. And I don't necessarily enjoy mm -hmm. that as much. So it doesn't need to be everything, but the majority of our life experiences do and passions do overlap. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think that, um, we were playing this game in the car the other day and, um, and we were, I, I was in the car with the two little kids and Ben was in, uh, Milwaukee or wherever you, is that where we were? Minnesota, Minneapolis. I don't know. They're all the same to me. <laughs> that's that's to everybody in those um, cities. Anyway, Ben was away. He wasn't with us in the car and we were playing this game. It's not really a game, which is a conversation, but it was structured. And I said, um, you know, you have to, you, you have to give the other kid a compliment. You have to give yourself a compliment and then you have to give me a compliment. So mm -hmm. we did that. We all three of us did that. And I went last. And, um, when I was done, I was like, this is a great conversation. Let's call dad. So we mm -hmm. called dad and we said, all right, dad, you have to give each person in the car a compliment and then yourself. And his and mine were exactly the same. Mm -hmm. We both said that we, um, we love learning mm -hmm. things. And I think that that when you have something that is that that's not like an interest, that's like a a personality characteristic that if you have something like that in common with the person that you are with you, it means that you are like, you're open-minded and you're, you want to, you're, you're curious and you're, you're excited to like take on new things and learn new things. And so it could be anything like he, like Ben may not like art, but he may be interested in learning about like photography or something, or I'm like listening to this like book on cooking right now. And he's like, Oh, salt is really interesting. You know, like it doesn't mean that he wants to like dive into like the salt caves or anything, but like he is interested in learning what I'm learning. And I think that because we have been um, doing that in unison that things like all of this mindset stuff come up and like the Michael Singer stuff comes up and we're all of a sudden like we're learning all this stuff individually, but then we're having these really cool conversations that are really like changing the, the direction of our lives together, you know? And I think that that, I think that when you have something common in your personality type like that, you're, you're in a good place. Mm -hmm. How do you, I think one of the things that I've noticed from you guys, just from talking to Ben and knowing you guys is there's a lot of, uh, two things. One, there's a lot of overt conversation about things like values and purpose and all of these things, like the little, like, and there is a real intent or intention behind making those things real. In other words, like living into them in some way, shape or form. And I'm just curious your advice, uh, as we kind of start to wrap this up, I'd love to get a little bit more tactical. Like, I think it's really easy to say, yeah, yeah, values and, and let's have those and let's figure out what the two words are. And then like life gets busy and the kids get sick and it's like, you've forgotten for, you know, you spend a year and you're like, oh, we never actually like, I, we didn't do anything with that other than we agreed that that's a good idea. And we, sh we, we like those things. How do you actually 
turn them into actions? How do you turn them into habits? How do you turn them into day-to-day uh, -day real life stuff? I mean, I, I think that you have to, um, at least for us and for me, especially I, I think that I have to force myself to stay in it because mm -hmm. it's very easy to drift out of this stuff, you know, like, um, but so for example, like we, you know, like we listen to a lot of this, like self betterment sort of stuff, you know, so I'll listen to uh, like Michael Singer podcast. I'll listen to chasing excellence a lot and that'll like keep me pulled into that. But I start to, we just talked about this yesterday, but we start to like drift away and you kind of hear the same stuff over and over again and you just kind of not hearing it anymore. So I'll, you know, I'll make sure that I'm like fine. I'm like learning about something new, like cooking or gardening or whatever. And then I'm also like listening to something about like the, the real organic project or something. So I'm, I cycle through it. Um, but I think that the, I have to keep pulling myself back in. Otherwise, if I don't keep doing that, then all of a sudden I'm just like listening to Diddy all day. Like, I don't even like, you know, it's just easy to just like tune out and like not just drive here and there and like listen to music. But it, it's kind of like I force myself to do that because it does create all this content in my head that I'm excited to talk to him about. And if, if I'm talking to Ben about it, then it's on his forefront. And mm -hmm. if I'm, if, if we're talking about it, then I start talking about it with our kids classes and our kids are in the classes. And, you know, so it's just like, it becomes part of your life. And the more that you pull everybody in the family into this stuff, the more we all start calling each other out on it. Like mm -hmm. that Bodhi will like out of nowhere, nowhere, he'll be like, mom, you should practice your breathing right now. Mm -hmm. Like you really need to breathe. <laughs> and I'm like, you're right. <laughs> you know, yep. Like, yep. like it's just, you gotta, you gotta kind of because at this age, like we're not, we don't have to go to school anymore. We don't have to like write papers and, you know, it's just really, you have to, you have to keep yourself in the game mm -hmm. or else it, it, it does not stick around mm -hmm. just by chance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would say it falls back into the same framework that we've used for almost everything. It's okay. If we have this awareness of what we want to do and then the in the intention is to bring it to life. This is mm -hmm. the goal. This is the type of family we want to have. This is the type of conversation we want. It just falls into the last piece, which is, okay, now it's time to take the action and massive action, whether that's listening to the podcast. For for me, it's um, a constant awareness of trying to, maybe it's not, I, I aspire to have more awareness and take more action into elevating conversations. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's really easy for me, very easy. And you can relate to this, Patrick, is because I know you're the same. When I'm driving in the car to just sit in silence and the little kids are in the back yep. and they're in silence. Yep. That's the, if I was to default to something, that's what it would be. Cause I'm at peace there and I enjoy it. It's joy. The harder thing for me to do is go, um, guys, what are our family values mm -hmm. and have them do, okay. And what do we mean by humble? What does humble mean to you? What does humble mean to your friends? What do they think about humility? Mm -hmm. And okay. Do you guys, have you guys ever heard the word integrity? What does integrity mean to you? What, what is a way to, you could act with integrity or have a conversation, the conversation I had with Bodhi on the car ride to um, the gym this morning, he joined me for the 6.30 a.m. class, which is the last two days, which is his choice. We're snuggling in bed the <laughs> night. And he goes, Dad, I want to go to the gym with you in the morning. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that's awesome, dude. You know what? That, that means that we're going, we're leaving the house at like 6.15. He's like, yeah, I know. That's good. He sets his alarm clock. <laughs> he sets, I don't wake him up. He comes down. He's like, so, so, it's, but on the way to the gym this morning, 
we're, we, we're just, um, I was listening to a podcast and he was like, dad, can we listen to your podcast? We mm. put on chasing excellence. Yep. So cool. Yep. He's 10. And then, um, I paused it and it would be so much easier just to continue to listen. And that would have been great. Yep. Right. Cause that's action. But I paused it and I was, I was just like, Bodie, it's so amazing that you're in the car with me right now. Mm-hmm. Like I talked to mommy probably three or four years ago about maybe someday this happening, like mm-hmm. you coming to the gym and working out with me before, before school. Mm-hmm. And what I was doing there was creating awareness and creating intention and letting, and what I was talking to him about was we all are made up of matter. And so the conversation I'm having with my 10 year old, we're all made up of matter. And I was like, Bodie, the buildings over there, our car, our bodies are all made up of matter. And if you were to boil that down, you were looking at a microscope, what you'd see is a bunch of atoms. And these atoms are made up of electrons and neutrons and protons. And I was like, you know what? If you can get a powerful enough microscope, what that, if you actually like really zoom in on that and you look at between the electrons and the neutrons, you know what you see? You don't, you see nothing. There's just energy. There's just energy. And that's why it's so important that you bring the right energy to the gym, the right energy to the home, the right energy to your soccer practice, the right energy, because what you put out will pull back into you. It's the reciprocal force. It's you give to receive. And when you and Harley, his eight-year-old sister, aren't getting along, you're putting out the negative energy. That's to be the bad things. And having a conversation like that is so much more challenging for me as a dad in a seven minute car ride to the gym than just putting on uh, music would be easier. Sitting in silence would be easier. Putting on an intentional podcast is harder. And then stopping it to have a meaningful, elevated conversation that probably is not going to resonate. But the drip, drip, drip of, okay, now he hears this again in four months and he hears it again a year later. And all of a sudden now, by the time he's 14, this is a real thing that he understands, which is essentially like quantum physics. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> um, okay. Last question, both of you, cause we've got to wrap up here. I'm curious your advice or your, uh, your sense of what tends to stand in the way of this stuff that we've been talking about as it relates to, uh, this kind of this value set moving in the same direction at roughly the same speed. What I hear a lot of, which is like over communication or, or at least opting towards communication when silence is always easier, when getting distracted is always, you know, with Diddy is always easy. Like it's always easier to do the easy thing. What is your advice to folks who find themselves in a position where they're like, yep, We've settled too far into the easy, and now we've got to get back to, again, whatever this is, communication, this shared value set, this, this family values. Like, what stands in the way and what gets people, what gets us over the whatever that might be in your minds? Um, I don't know if this is what this answers that question, but I, I think that... Um, developing awareness in yourself and 
awareness of your conditioning and what how that's like um surfacing in your in what you bring to the table and this like constant like digging all this stuff up in you uh I think that for me that really helps like keep me moving forward mm -hmm. and it um it it is a distraction but it also it brings light to what is causing distraction in the first place mm -hmm. like i i think that the more that i do that the more i like we move forward together when i can work on myself like that and it you know like like you guys talk about all the time it's like it's not fun and it makes you feel really gross about some of the decisions you've made and the way that even like you the way that you behave knowing being aware of like what your your stuff is and and then seeing you continue to do it you know <laughs> is like such a nightmare yeah. <laughs> but yeah. the more that you do that the more you develop that awareness the more all of a sudden you're like okay like yep. this is what's causing this i can fix this over time it's not going to happen right then but um i don't know yeah, I think that's a great, uh, our mind would be a, a parallel answer to that, which is the thing that gets in the way is your ego mm. and believing that you're the star of the movie. And we all think that we all think that we are the, we're the only ones that get to watch the movie from our eyes. So it's all about us. And if we think it's all about us, then Everyone else is just a, an extra. They're a supporting cast. And in a family, that's not the case. It's not that at all. It's what kind of full circle back to the original answer, which is it's about co-starring. It's about the two people together co-starring in the movie. And my role is to make Heather the star of the film. And her role is to make me the star of the film. And our roles together are to elevate the the supporting actors and actresses in with the kids and make them as um excellent skilled proficient happy joyful centered as possible mm -hmm. and the thing that gets in the way is the mind which is honestly it's there for survival mechanisms mm -hmm. which it just doesn't serve us in today's environment anymore and it might not have ever served us in tribal settings, but the idea that stepping away from the self-serving mind into the, um, it's what you've said a couple of times in the last pocket is if we get away from this constant judgment, mm -hmm. judgment of ourselves and judgment of others and trying to constantly label things and just instead stepping back and experiencing things with joy and appreciation and realizing there's going to be struggles, realizing that there's going to be bumps, realizing that there's going to be, um, you know, I talk about the seasons where there's going to be in a marriage, there's going to be winter where things don't go exactly mm. like you thought that they would. And you now have to survive, buckle down and get through this path. But you have a better chance of surviving winter with other people helping you out than you do by creating an isolation, just you in your cabin in the woods by yourself Okay, not talking to people, not withdrawing from the family. So I think it's that aspect of we get in our own way 
instead of, because we create meaning behind things that don't, we don't need to assign meaning to. I'm not saying about the meaning of marriage or love. I'm saying she said this, so she means when she said this, she meant that. And now like, oh my God, this is the thing. And letting those things spill out of control. If we could just step away from that judgment aspect and allow ourselves a little bit of perspective on our own lives, then we'd have some perspective in terms of what our roles are inside this family. Love that. Thank you both very much. Thank you, everybody out there for listening. Thank you for your ratings and your reviews. Ben and I will be back with another episode of Chasing Excellence next week. You can get every episode of Chasing Excellence wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube. Until next time, thank you for listening.